What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Salty Dogs Podcast. I'm your solo host today, Jason. We've got uh, Casey out and Chris out. It's It's been kind of a crazy season. Uh, we've been back and forth with different uh, hosts out, but today it's just me, but it's not just me because, of course, I have somebody here at the table. And so we're just going to dive in today. I'm going to welcome Matt Thomas to the podcast. What's up, man? How you doing, Jason? I'm good, bro. So good to have you. So, you know, what's unique about today is that uh, our last episode, we actually did a live stream kind of conference deal with a couple guys in Kansas City. Okay. And so one guy's name is Kyle Walker. He does a show called uh, Walking with God. And then there's another guy named Joe Clausen. Okay. And he's in ministry there. And so we did the whole Wichita KC Connect uh, this last time. And so we're doing it again. That's, that's just, a win. Yeah, man. So we're two times in a row uh, getting some KC guys here on the podcast. And so... Good to have you. Uh, we got a couple things in the in the works tonight. You got a book. Uh, you you work for a ministry, and so I'm just going to let you tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, maybe just start with uh, talking about um, the ministry and where you're at and what you're doing, what you guys are up to, and then I do want to I want to hit on the book because uh, you tell some of your life story. Yeah, and so I know that's a, a very interesting. Um, story and so yes. of course we want to hear all about it, man. So cool. Again, welcome and have at it. It's your, cool. It's your floor. Sweet. Thanks, Jason. All right. Uh, so what I do is is I work with, really I work with three organizations. I work with Brothers in Blue Reentry, Firm Foundations, and, and World Impact. Um, okay. So Firm Foundations is a part of World Impact. No, it's it's separate. They're actually okay. they're all separate. Okay. And, and so and it's funny, right? So we started Firm Foundations with with some people from church back in. 2013 and we started mentoring in the prison got a house got another house and got another house and then through the process i got offered a job up at lansing prison and and to help be the program manager of brothers in blue well through this process with world impacts empowerment i was able to become a pastor and help plant some churches and and so really we ended up planting a couple churches in two different prisons with some great guys like my friend troy and 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 so out of that came really what I do now. And, and, and so what I do is I help, I help men successfully reenter society starting from when they're sitting in prison rather than waiting till they get the street. So you're working inside the prison. Yes, sir. And so is that like a daily basis or? Um, so about two days a week, I'm inside of the prison two days a week. Uh, I'm in the, I'm in the minimum camp in one day and I'm in the max camp on, on the next day. And it used to be 50 to 60 hours a week I was in the prison and and it's it's just it's a chance of a lifetime to really walk with these men and and to help really to help them see that this isn't the end game. Right. Right. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about so <clears throat> a lot of people talk about coming to the Lord in prison. Um a lot of people are skeptical about it. Oh, the old jailhouse uh religion. The old jailhouse yeah. religion. So tell me about it, man. Talk about just some of the faith of the guys there and then even how that continues when they get out. Okay, so so here's the thing, right? The, the reason it's called jailhouse religion is is w when God gets a hold of you, right? We don't ever just wake up and decide to serve God. It, it just doesn't work like that. But when He gets a hold of you, He He gets a hold of you in the space that you need to be gotten a hold of. And and a lot of the times, it's persecution, prison, poverty, and you know, and, and those type of things. And so, these men and these women have a have a honest honest experience with God, and, right? And what ends up happening is. They get a healthy dose of the Holy Spirit. They they get excited. They start reading their Bible. They start doing these things, and it's not that they forget about it. It's and and this is just I mean this is like 
a kick to the chin, right? We, we sure. as Christians do a real bad job of discipling them right. to, to help them get out of prison and be successful. So, so even in my life, right, I had 30 something years of garbage and, and you couldn't snap your fingers and expect me to just walk with Christ. Somebody right, had to right. walk with me. And so, so what happens is they release out of prison and, and they leave it at the prison door because they don't know how to live on the street according to those standards. They, they've right. never learned how to hold down a regular job, how, how to go to church, how to, you know, any of those things that, that a lot of us take for granted, it's, it's, it's foreign to them. Right. You know, it's interesting. You reminded me of, or I just had a thought come to mind. So obviously there's connection with World Impact and yep. all that. Uh, Dr. Don Davis, phenomenal guy. Yes. Uh, I can't wait to have him on the podcast. He's still, he's still on the list. I hope we can get him. But anyways, I heard him, uh, I, I believe it was him where he was talking about that uh, the maybe it's the Malaysians, but people in, in you know the South Asia area that they have maybe it's Poland, well, I can't remember. Anyways, uh, Indonesia or Malaysia, um, they have such a strong sense of community even in just their secular culture, right. and it's uh, primarily Muslim. And it's illegal to convert. And so when they do convert, they're completely rejected by their current uh, community that the first question that they ask when they come to Christ is they say, who do I belong to now? Like, who, where do I go? Right. Who's my community? Who's my family? I don't know how to exist because they're so used to in their secular culture, depending on, yep. on everybody. I just read a quote today. It says, I am because we are. Have that's, you heard this quote? No, but that's true. I mean, that's yeah. the absolute truth. And, and, and we, we expect them to be able to just shift everything in their life. And, and so I have a great mentor named Jeff. And Jeff told me, he said, he goes, after I read your book, he said, it, I understood prison a little bit better. He says, it's like we go put somebody in the corner for 10 years and then don't tell them anything. Don't, don't explain what they did wrong. Don't show them how to do anything different. And then let them out Ouch. of the corner, slap their hand and say, Go. You know right. what I mean? Don't come back. And, yeah. and, and, and you, I mean, you have to expect them to come back after something like that. Right. It, that kind of reminds me of uh, something else, this idea of uh, justice, but redemptive justice, right? Not just justice. A lot yep. of times we think justice is, well, you're getting what you deserve because you did something bad. But I think that God's idea of justice is redemptive justice. Right. You, there might be consequences, but I'm going to redeem you and restore you. Yep. And so it's not just you did bad, you deserve punishment for it. But that that thing inside of you, your heart, your mind, your life, whatever happened that caused you to do harm to someone else or do something illegal yep. or whatever it is that requires justice. Well, he's going to he's going to go for that. He's going to fix that place yep. where that thing was born from. And so it's uh, what do they talk about? It's um, what's the word? When a guy, oh gosh, I can't think of it. What's yeah, the when scenario? A guy, yeah, when a guy goes into prison and and um, you know, essentially he comes out fixed. Like, have you been rehabilitated? Re, yeah, sure, yeah. rehabilitated. Yeah, I just, you know, that that whole situation. Are are they going in and receiving that, or are they going in and not receiving the coming out and then just so, same so, guy? So here's the problem, right? And, and and you said it. You you said it dead on. We. The punitive damages is the time spent in prison, right? So, so I sentence you to five to ten years. I sentence you to three years. I sentence you to two years. Whatever the sentence is, that's the punitive justice part, right? Yeah. So the issue is, is we don't do anything with that. 
and and the majority of the time you just go do prison time and, and then so that whole time you're spent sitting there you know okay i hit the weight pit you know what i mean I, maybe i got my ged but and, and that's good but 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 why aren't we educating why aren't we developing why aren't we building why aren't we you know why aren't we having companies like pete oaks does a real good job he's got companies inside of hutch and 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 randy reinhardt up in lansing he's got private industries in the prison right where these men can go they earn a living wage right they they pay their bills you know mm-hmm. they pay child mm-hmm. support and through the process they've gained a skill that they can use on the street to be successful when they get out but that's that's not the normal the normal is the norm yeah. is you go to prison you make 10 cents an hour uh you you work running a mop you you know what i mean you do these things and it's yeah. like if we were really interested in, in bettering the society and the community and developing men and women to be successful then then we would invest in them and most of the time we just don't yeah and and you're talking about inside the prison yep. right and not not just when people come out no i'm talking like, about like it it should start so really I, I teach a class i teach a couple classes in there but one of them is re, reentry mindset and and it's the thought that as soon as you go to prison, you need to start preparing your for, for your release because you're the only one that does your time. And guess what? You're the only one that's doing your reentry. So if, if, if you can catch like-minded people to walk that process out with you, okay, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Where are you trying? You know what I mean? And from the time you get there, you're prepared for release. If, if you wait till you step out of prison, you, you are playing catch up that you, you possibly can't catch up to. Right. So you're part of a ministry that goes in and starts that process. Yes, sir. It's called Firm Foundations. Yep. So, so you're the director. Yeah. So I'm the director of Firm Foundations and the Firm Foundations piece is really just the housing. That's, that's so, so this is how we started, right? This was, this was the beautiful thing. We started Firm Foundations. We got these houses and then we noticed there was guys coming out that were way ahead of everybody else. I'm talking, they had relapse prevention plans. They had safety plans. They had plans for goals. They had, you know, they had all these things happening where, where they could track with them and, and they were ready for leadership. I mean, they, they were just, and and they were coming through this, this, this program called brothers in blue reentry. And Uh and that's, and so that's kind of what I do. So I I really like blue jumpsuit. Yeah, well, okay. kind of. It's, it's so they wear blue T-shirts and blue jeans and and, okay. and boots, and uh-huh. so so that's where the brothers in blue okay. come from. All right, yeah. And so um, let's back up a little bit, okay? Then. And and let's talk about the book because another book kind of talks about your yeah. your past and then how the Lord intervened in your life and completely changed things around. And obviously, everything that happened uh, has led you the sovereignty of God, right? Yep. Has led you to where you're at with what you're doing, and so. Uh, let's let's get to the heart behind it, man. I want to hear about you and uh, just you know wh- what's in the book to tell us what you want us to know about you because I know it'll it'll uh, lead to what you want us to know about the Lord. <laughs> so so man, that's a loaded question. I know, I know. Um, yeah, welcome. Yeah, I'm gonna take a drink before I get into that. <laughs> that's totally fine. No, here's the deal. Uh, so i i was I was raised in a household that. You know, my mom was an alcoholic and, and my dad, my dad wasn't there and, and he was, he was a drug addict and he was, he was real abusive and mean. And he, and so the real whole reason that my mom left him was, was because he was, he was vicious. I mean, she would, she would tell me stories of, of just, he threatened to like throw her off the motorcycle on the freeway. I mean, just crazy, Gosh, crazy yeah. stuff. And, yeah. and so when she found out that he'd been cheating multiple times and then, you know, there's a couple of times it got close to really, I mean, really, really hurting her. 
she split. Mm-hmm. And so, so what happened? And where'd you grow up? Uh, so I, I, I bounced around all over and that's, okay. that's part of the deal. So I was born in Oregon. Okay. I lived there for a few years and we moved to Nevada. And then when we moved to Nevada, I'd been abused and some other things happened. And, and so I started acting out and getting into trouble. And, and so I picked up, I picked up my first two charges when I was in third grade, two counts of grand larceny. <clears throat> and then after those, what is larceny? Stealing. So, Stealing, okay. so I, I stole a pair of gloves. I left. And then I went back with a kid, and he stole something. And then I had another thing that I was stealing. But when he got caught, they they got me on video surveillance for both of those. And so I got two mm. counts of stealing. And yeah. so it was Christmas Eve. You know, I, I went to juvenile oh, wow, hall. My yeah. mom was super mad. Uh, but but I, I, I was I, I didn't know how to deal and process the stuff that had happened to me. And so... So then after that, I broke into the school and we, we set the library on fire and rolled fire extinguishers. Oh, yeah, it was it was oh it was gosh. all bad. Um, wow. But but that's that's kind of that that acting out because I, I really didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, and so it, it shaped me to where when when I when I saw drugs, I jumped right in. It was it wasn't even uh, I mean, it, and I always, you know, the first time I ever did a line of, of meth, that was it. I was hooked. There was mm. no process into it it was it was immediate right and, and so and this was what age i was like 13 when that happened and, and 13 yeah. and meth yeah and, and and so my dad right so my dad comes out of prison this is all through the process i wanted to be just like my dad i thought he was the coolest guy in the world he was a biker he had this he had you know and, and so i idolized that and so what ended up happening was you know he had shot me up with heroin one time and so so it was it was real crazy because you know the sovereignty of god it, he saved me from ever really messing with needles or heroin. At, you know, as I got older, there was something subconscious that that mm, just really right. And, and so, so as bad as it was, it it kind of helped. And so then I ended up, you know, I was I dropped out of high school right right when my sophomore year started. I get put into a boys' ranch, uh, agape boarding school up in Washington, and it's extremely fundamental and an independent Baptist and King James Bible and women wear dresses, you know. And there was like no Yikes. music, and oh, L- it was, yeah. and, and I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up around anything that was church, and so it was. I mean, it was a culture shock. I had a mohawk and a Slayer shirt, you know. I'm, <laughs> I mean, that's that's. It was like two contrary things, but. But but it was really neat because because I actually I learned about the word of God and even mm-hmm. even if it was skewed you know sure. from the point of fear and and I I had a foundation laid that that of course didn't take root right away yeah but but later on and so then you know I left that and then uh, I ended up meeting a girl she got pregnant I joined the Navy we we had a baby we had another one left the Navy got an honorable discharge uh, I was I was on a submarine and then. What had happened was while I was in the Navy, one of our neighbors was doing drugs. And, and so my, my ex-wife was like, hey, Didi's got some, he's got some dope, if you, if, you know what I mean, if you want to get high. And, and so I did. And this is what age now? This was, I was, so I was 20. I think I was 20, and I was in the Navy. Uh-huh. And, and, and so I started getting high, and then it turned out like my whole division on the submarine for sonar techs were getting high. And, and so it was, I mean, it was crazy. It was like... It was, it was, the devil was always there, you know, just, just, I mean, and he was, he like, he just kind of walked that life with me. And so every time God would really start to move, man, I, I, I jump right over the fence to the other side. And so we ended up, you know, getting a divorce and, and I ended up going way off the deep end. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my dad ended up getting killed. And, and so my Yikes. dad, my dad was shooting drugs and, and it's on the internet. 
So you can look up the toll of meth and look up Mitchell Thomas and, and in Lake Elsinore, he went in the bathroom, he was he was shooting dope with a woman and her boyfriend bro, woke up and, and, and beat my dad into a coma and he died a week later. And so so I found this all out and, and I just lost it. Yeah. I mean, I started robbing people and, and it didn't matter if it was daylight or, you know, at nighttime, I was stealing. Their, I mean, I just, I was just man, ruthless. Man. I just completely lost it. And, uh, and so through the process, you know, the, the police were always looking for me and, and, and I'd be in and out of county jail and I got caught in a stolen car. And, and so they had all these things against me. And then a confidential informant turned me in, which, which I deserved it. You know what I mean? I, I was dirty. I, I can't be mad. That was, that was pretty much my doing. But, uh, but they pulled me into court and held me on a no-bond charge that wasn't even real so they could pull all the charges up. Dang. So when all was said and done, it was burglary, burglary tools, theft of means of transportation, possession of paraphernalia, and, and another possession of, paraphernalia, or possession of drugs. So, so they, were, they were trying to give me like six and a half, seven years, and, and the weirdest thing happened, right? And, and, and I was mouthy and... So, so I had actually left court, and she gave me probation for the stolen car, and I broke into a car in, over at Quick Trip, like right across the street from the courthouse. I mean, just I literally just, just oh you yeah, just left. Just, and and she oh she was mad, she was super mad, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was she was absolutely livid. But but she goes, I'm going to run your time concurrent. She says, if I ever see you again, I'm giving you the maximum. She yeah. says, I'll, I'll, I will pull your priors and I will give you the max. So, wow. so you take your three years, you go do your three, you know what I mean? And so, uh-huh. so I ended up doing two and a half on the three. Uh, I get to prison and, and, and God moved. I don't even know how to explain it. And so I did my time in Arizona. Arizona is a super racist, super strict. It's the whole prison system is just like that. They call it political. And it's, it's, if you're white, you run with the whites. If you're African American, you run with them. You don't. Right. You don't share food together. You don't. You know, and you could smoke and chew out there. You don't. You don't share. I mean, you just don't. You yeah. you, you you get beat up for doing that stuff. Huh. And and so what ends up happening is, we plan a church, and I don't even know how. Right? I, I knew. I knew when I got there. I had to do something. Yeah. I had to change, and, yeah. and I knew that yeah, God yeah, was yeah, really yeah. working a lot of that. And 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 so I put my face in the Bible and I started working, and then. We started going to church, and then what happened was it was like the the chaplain really kind of wasn't really plugged in, and and so hmm. so we were like, man, we got, we got to do something, mm-hmm. and, and so man, we we built a church from like five to ten people to seventy people. We had we had praise night, we had prayer night, we had, you know what I mean? It was yeah, wow. and it was powerful, and yeah. so so the the yard held like four hundred and forty people, and so so almost twenty percent of the yard was coming to church. Two or three times a week, and yeah. and and God just exploded. And so, that. who's leading this? It was it was us. It was just us right. guys. Like like there was there was me. There was a guy named Kevin who called him Kickstand. There was Joseph Skinner. There was a uh, his 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 kid. We call him his kid, but it was Jeremy. It was I mean, there was just just a lot of us, just guys that. And so you guys are just there, and you're just like, <laughs> man, the Lord is good. Like and we just dug hallelujah. in, yeah, yeah. It, and it was crazy. And and we saw we saw families restored. We saw answer to prayer, right? We saw we saw a lot of the racist stuff break down where we could sit and break bread. I mean, it was wow. it was amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, I was getting ready to get out, and 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 I and I was thinking, man, I don't even know how to have fun. I don't know how to live without drugs. With it. Yeah, right. I, I just you can't don't imagine right? the life it, because yeah. here's the, so here here's the example of what we opened up with. In Arizona, you go to prison, you work, and then you get out of prison. You know what I mean? There's no there's and and now they're starting to do some kind of program, but but it's not a lot. And I'm talking I was I was in ten years ago, and yeah. there's still, and so so as I came out, 
I was still the same person. I just had Jesus. And, right. and I, I really didn't know. I had a great work ethic. You know, I, I knew I had a love for God. But but I still had all that baggage and the damage and the and all that stuff that had just been just broken for years. And so I get out, I do real good, uh, but then I meet a girl. And so of course, right? She's she's not she's not a Christian. She's she's an alcoholic. She's and so so of course we start sleeping together. And you know what I mean. And, and yeah. as it goes, I mean you know how the story goes. Right. And so yeah. I ended up relapsing. I ended up oh, I mean man. walking out of church. And, yeah. and, and so I I never did never did meth again but yeah. but i i had a tooth pulled and i ate three pers- three percocet for you know what i mean i didn't yeah. even need them i just but it's that it's yep. that same mentality yeah, and so yeah. so then i mean it's just and then later that year my kids' mom got killed out in lyons kansas somebody kicked in the you know some one of her boyfriend it was like her ex-boyfriend kicked in the front door killed my kids' mom and i mean it was just Gosh, it was man. just crazy and, and and i just can't even imagine bro like all that tragedy, it's, all that it's, violence. No, it's it's been, it, it's it's weird because you don't you don't notice. You know what I mean? Like I talk to people and they're like like Oh my gosh, this is horrible, yeah. right? But you almost come like working in the prison. I was we we joke about this, right? But you become so just callous to it that that you know that I work in a max prison, man. I, I clown around with these guys. I punch them. They punch me. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's like, and I mean these are straight up these are straight up killers. But right. but they're. But the killers that have been saved, you know what I mean, by yeah, God, and yeah. and so it's it's so it, it's well, and obviously there's there's something wrong with my normal meter because it's pretty broken, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What is normal? Yeah, hey, that, yeah, and, and, and yeah. so that's the deal. And so you know what ended up happening was was my mom had custody of my girls. I had two older daughters. My mom had custody. I I got off paper out of Arizona. I got off parole. Uh, a year later, I moved out to Wichita. I moved in my mom's basement and. And started, you know, got a job and got another job because, like I told you, I'm 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 a hard worker. So right. so I, I work it, and so I'm still not following God, watching the wrong movies, dipping in, you know what I mean? Just just doing. Yeah. Now I'm not getting high. I'm not drinking. I'm not. But but I'm I'm definitely not living for the Lord. I ain't right. in church. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is is I had this girl that was my fiance when I went to prison and and, and she left a couple of weeks after I went. When, and I really don't blame her because because I was I was I was an extreme narcissist and it was just all bad. I was I, I you know I, I was I was dealing drugs and robbing. I mean I just I, I put her in the middle of this whole mess and uh, and so I got out and I couldn't find her and and you know and, and I'll, I'll get to the the cool part. But sure. Besides the fact that she's cool, but um, so what ended up happening was she comes out and we're still not living right. So we mess around. And she ends up pregnant. Yeah. And and so, so we just we continue going like nothing's happening, and then we almost lose the baby. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it was my God moment. And and I don't even know how else to explain mm-hmm. it. We we sat we sat down at St. Joe's, uh, and and then I asked the nurse. I said, Hey, uh, you know, is the baby okay? Is the baby gonna? And because she was bleeding, and I mean, it was just it was right. bad. Yeah. And she goes, Man, I can't promise you. I I, I really can't. And so this was, this was August or September, maybe August of of 2011. Uh, she had just barely come out in June, and I mean, she ended up pregnant like like really fast. Right. And, and so, right. it was it was one of those deals where it, I didn't know what to do, right? And 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 really, I had come face to face with with my sin, and, and and not only my sin, but but just my complete rejection of who God was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I thought of David and Bathsheba, and I yeah. thought about you know all the times that. 
that that I I made God a vow or I promised this or God just get me out of this I'll, you know what I mean or, or or God I just need and and really it, I I had that moment and, and I said look God you know and it was this weird snotty nasty cry where it was like <laughs> like I don't know what else to do but 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 I need it, you it makes the pastor look over and go that brother's truly yeah. repenting <laughs> I wasn't even in the church right I'm in the parking oh, okay, lot in the okay. cab of a truck just yeah. just just bawling right? just bawling and, yeah. It's so so what ends up happening is is I say, you know what, God, if 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 you let this baby live, we won't mm. have you know what I mean? We won't yeah. we won't do it again until we're married. And right. but 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 if not, you know, that's that's I, I understand. And, and really, you know, the question was never if God was gonna take the baby. The question was, Hey man, uh, are you done? You know what I mean? And that and that was it was it was now looking back, I can see that. God was just he was tired of me. You know, just completely disregarding and disrespecting who who he is and the call that he had on my life, and yeah. and so man, right after that, you know, guys like Heath Duncan, I, it was it's crazy. Yeah. We were all in a small group together, so it was me, my wife, Heath Duncan, Samantha, Brian Lucci, his wife, uh, uh-huh. uh, um, oh man, I just spaced his name, uh, Brian from When Pigs Fly, and, and his wife. I mean, we were all okay. we were all right, and we were all like the knuckleheads of Pathway Church it was, when it was just barely turned Pathway <laughs> Church, and and God used Todd Carter to really develop us in in wow, you know, and so so what ended up happening is is we ended up getting married our, October twenty seventh, and we honored we honored the you know what I mean the sure. vow that we made, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my son Hunter was born the following year, uh-huh. and and it was, and it was really just God just 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 make I mean really making me toe the line. And so I dug into Francis Chan videos and listened to Mark Driscoll because because mm-hmm. I always liked the way Mark Driscoll taught. Sure, you know, because yeah. he's he a little rough, and so so yep, I appreciated yep. it. Yeah. And so I worked third shift, and I would listen to podcasts and sermons, and and just all night long, I would just I just dug just inundated. I with did. It, yeah. I, I absolutely dug in. Man, I was yeah. in church every time it was open. We got. We got rebaptized right before we started Firm Foundations because because mm-hmm. Jesus did that right. It just made sense. It was like, well, Jesus got <laughs> baptized, and so so we might as well do it. Sure. And yeah. and then you know I started mentoring, and then we got one house is two houses, three, and and so so t- so talk about that if you can. Tell me a little bit about about the houses. Like, what are those like? So so we have we have a setup where where men come to a house. We have a house leader, and then we have an uh, an assistant house leader. And guys will come in, and so we run the program. No, 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 no drinking, no drugs, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely no violence. No violence is is you know even even the threat of violence. That's mm-hmm. that's one of those where you got to go. We can work with a lot of things, but that's not one of them. Um, yeah, we requ- the guys are required to hit three meetings a week. So so a church and two other things like NAAA Celebrate Recovery. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm something sorry. something along those lines. And and we just we we help plug them into places like elite staff and there's some other the really good staffing agencies that that really are help with our guys mm-hmm. you know getting jobs and, and we've got good job leads and and so we help them find a church we help them find a job we now now here's the deal we help them right we we, we don't do it for them we mm-hmm. we we empower mm-hmm. them to do it and right. so so we charge you know we charge four hundred dollars a month rent that covers all your bills except your food uh-huh. uh and and so they have to be working doing yep. something yep. bringing in bringing in some yep. money because because here's the deal right every man really or woman that comes out of prison needs to be active doing something you need you need that it's it's a gratification thing to where you feel worth and now I know you're not I'm not asking you to find your worth in your job 
but it helps, right? Mm-hmm. And we know this, man, when you sit around doing, you, I mean, you just, you feel it. And so we want them to understand that they are being restored, you know, and redeemed better, yeah. better than they ever were before. Yeah. So, um, you started working in the homes here in Wichita. Yep. And you were doing that through which ministry? Through Firm Foundations. Through Firm Foundations. Yep. Okay. Uh, does Firm Foundations does that have any affiliation to Second Chance Ministries? No, we're just we're just really good friends. Okay. I'm, I mean that's yeah. yeah so he, so so Heath. I mean Heath's just right. a really good friend of mine. Yeah, I just sat sure. with him today for like like an hour hour and oh, a half. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah yeah. I need to meet with him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Maybe he'll listen to this. Heath, come on, bro. Let's do it. <laughs> we got to sit down. Yeah, I sat down with uh, Phil. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, just talking about maybe helping with some of their their ministry with their, what they're doing. Yep, um, he's a good they, dude. Re, yeah, so he's helping run one of their homes too, right? I believe so, and I or believe he's working. With, yeah, and I believe right? he's working with with the Trap House Coffee, the Trap Coffee House, uh-huh. and, and, yeah. and and stuff like that. So right, local local ministries yep. here in Wichita. Yeah, awesome. So um, the book, talk about the title, Overlooked. So so overlooked. Here's what happened. I, I went to. The Exponential Church Planning Conference out in Orlando, uh-huh. and, and yeah. huge conference, right. famous people, you know, blah blah blah, and, and 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 so Albert Tate is is an amazing preacher. I, I love listening to him speak. But him and Andy Stanley, the the topic was Hero Maker, and 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 it so it used to it still gets me mad sometimes. Everybody, <laughs> well, because because everybody overlooks the prison, right? And, and people people plant churches in third world countries and in in urban environments and house churches and this, you know what I mean? They plant all these churches, and, and that's what I listen to. Is I listen to multiple organizations talk about different places to plant, which is good, but every nobody talks about prison, right? Mm-hmm. And so so after we had we had successfully just planted when we got there i mean we were on like our fifth church and and five of the or six churches five were inside of two prisons and one was on the street that we had started right and these were all with with men that have that are, that are either in prison or coming out and right. and and it just broke my heart because you know we look back at arizona and i'm like yeah you're missing something here right. and so so you know i kept looking back at people that would tell me hey you should write a book. You should write a book. Like your life is nuts. You know what I mean? Write the stuff down, write a book. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And then, well, that's what happened. So, so out in Orlando, it's like the last day we're about to leave. I'm sitting there with my buddy, Troy Stallings and, and we're sitting around the pool and, it, and the girls had already left, right? Our wives had boarded the plane. And I said, dude, I think I'm gonna write a book. And he goes, Hey man, that's cool. And I said, no, I'm serious. No, I, I, I really gonna think I'm going to write a book. Right. And, yeah. and so the overlooked comes from they're overlooked. And, 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 you know, the whole prison population when it comes to leadership and development and growth and, and ministry, I mean, ministry, it, it, it's overlooked. We, we, we plug a lot of guys like me in, into areas like, oh, well, you can do some homeless ministry, right? Or you can do, you can do some street ministry or, or you can do, and, and it's like, it was foreign that I could possibly get up and speak at a suburban church or, you know what I mean? And and it's, and it really, I mean, it really affected me. It really bothered me because it's like, you know, if, if God is the God that I read about in the Bible, then that's exactly what he does, right? That's, that's, he put, he put these, these uneducated fishermen and multiple, you know, in places that are, I mean, that changed the world. So, so I, I could never understand how, how that, you know what I mean? That changed through the process. And so, so I, I titled it The Overlooked because, because I walk with these men, I, I watch them, I, I cry with them, right? I, I I hurt with them, man. I I walk with them when they get stabbed twenty seven times over some gangs. You know what yeah, I mean? I, and man, and yeah. 
and and the deal is 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 unless we pour into that we just help perpetuate the cycle and, and mm-hmm. so for me the overlooked at the core is 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 it's not even just the prisoners but but it's 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 women it's you know what i mean it's it's right. it's anybody that's stuck in that that spot where it's like well i appreciate what you're saying but we're gonna go with somebody else and, over here and you know the deal is um so i went to mending place uh a couple of weeks back because i was doing some filming for their 10-year anniversary i think i talked about this maybe on the last podcast i can't remember but it was really interesting because Dion was preaching a series called Three Miles Per Hour. And uh, it's essentially the the uh, the speed at which Jesus walked the earth. Right. Right. And what was interesting is he said um he didn't he didn't ride chariots like the rich and the powerful. He he walked among the people who couldn't afford those kinds of things in life yep. and who weren't among the powerful and the rich, but he slowed down three miles per hour so that he could go through Samaria, right? So he could um, touch the lepers right. and he could, you know, uh, he, he walked slow enough so that the woman with the issue of blood could touch him, right? That's like it. that kind of thing. And so just as you're talking about this, man, it, it just reminds me of like, it's, you talk about like, well, why don't churches plant into the prisons? Well, because it's not glorious ministry, man. It's ugly. It's I'm not you. pretty. It's not. So I, I helped plant a church. I didn't know what I was getting into when I, when I came to plant a church. Uh, all I knew was that I was, I was trying to, to um, chase after the Lord, right? Like right. that was my, my decision. It was like, yeah, I'm going to come do this. And this, this is all I know how to do. Like, what can I do for you? And so there was this opportunity to, to church plant. And apparently I, I got into it uh, maybe around the time that church planning became this like, you know, shiny thing to do. It's right. Like, it's like, this is the next thing. Let's, let's next rock thing. it. Everybody wants yep. to church plant now, but it's the truth, man. It's, it's not glorious at, at, by any means. Like it, it, that's, I'm just thinking about how Jesus walked with um, the deplorables, you yep. know, right? Like just the people who nobody wanted to touch, right? It, people who were cast beyond the city gates. He's yep. out there healing them. And, you know, he's with the lepers. He's with the sinners. He's doing this. And it wasn't glorious, no. right? He got tax collectors and he got fishermen. He's yep. like, hey, come follow me. Come be my disciples. And he spent that time with them. Yep. And you're talking about, like, I'm with these guys. I'm walking with them when they're doing this, when they're doing yep. that, when they're stabbed. It's just like... Man, I'll tell you what, in in busy American culture, it's very difficult to slow down enough to even do that with the people who who are your friends, yeah. who are your friends and your family, much less, much with less pe- somebody that you don't even know that, that you don't yep. know who needs that kind of. Yep. I mean, it's so hard, you know. So, so I'll tell you, like, you know, for me, I went to my pastor and and. You know, in Todd's defense, I don't think he knew what to do with me, right? Because I said, yeah. I said, hey, it's hard, man. God's calling me to to do this, right? He's calling me to, and 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 I mean, it was so foreign to him just because, just because of who I was, where I came. I mean, you you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it yeah. was, it, it, and that's not his fault. That's that's just the way it is. And right. so, so I, I, you know, part of the overlooked was was like, hey, man, this is what Jesus did at the very core. This is, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and and. And, and it's revival. So for me, you know, if 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 you want to start revival, it's the basic, you know, indigenous approach to anything. You, you you will only do so much coming in from the outside to do, you know what I mean, to do. It, right, it's, yeah. It's, it's a whole nother thing yeah. to yep. to empower them to, to do that, right? Because Have you that, ever read uh, Gospel for Asia? No, I haven't. It's, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, somebody out there is going to know it. Um, Johannan, what's his last name or his name? Gospel for Asia. 
<coughs> it's great to have a computer right in front of your face because then you can just Google just stuff. Just look it up. Yep, time for fact-checking. Uh, what's the guy's name? Yohannan? Yo... I can't remember his name. I'm just going to look it up. KP Yohannan. Yeah, KP Yohannan. I'll have to write that down. Yep, Gospel for Asia. So if you go to their website, they will actually send you a free book. Seriously? Um, yeah, and the, and it's it's KP uh, Yohannan's, um, his story of coming to America, but how he grew up as a kid and he was like preaching and in uh in the the villages in India and he was doing open air street preaching and just how the lord uh eventually allowed him to come to the united states and when he talks about his move from india to the united states from going from such dire poverty to coming to america the land of plenty he it like he he describes what he went through and when i read that i just cried cuz i mean you don't you don't no, think about it. You don't know how good yep. we had it. I remember just crying and crying and crying. And uh, I'll, I'll just t- I'll give it away. He ends up pitching, essentially, um, you being the one to um, uh, support his ministry. I mean, right. that, that's that's eventually what it gets to. But he's saying, um, he's saying, look, the indig- the indigenous have the best possibility to reach those yep. that are like them, right? Like the white missionary coming and he, yep. he comes up with this thing called the rice gospel, essentially where you come in, you, you feed a population, a bunch of rice. When the rice goes away, the gospel goes with it. Right. So you and, come in. And, true. Yeah. You come yep. in and you bring them this service. And when the service is gone, they go back. They're like, well, the food's gone. Let's go bow right. our knee to that, yep. you know, to that statue again or whatever. But, uh, essentially what he says is he says, look, um, if you support our ministry, so rather than spending $3,500 to take a trip to India or wherever, send that money to our organization. And with that money, we're going to train 10 indigenous pastors yep. rather than just have one guy here for one week yep. who is maybe going to make some impact, but isn't going to make as big of an impact that we could if we, right. right. And so, yeah, it's just the same thing. It's just like people like you. And that's what I was thinking about just with your story. Well, it almost seems obvious that you would end up ministering in yeah. prison because that's where you came from. And I, you know what I mean? Like you've gone well, through well, that. That's, that's the hilarious part. Right. And so this is what I found. Mm-hmm. Most people that, that have been to prison, I just had a conversation with my buddy, Randy Pennington. He actually uh-huh. goes to mending place and he, okay. he did, he got out not too long ago, but it was when you get out, right. You're like, I don't ever want to come back to this place. This sucks. You know what I mean? The, the food's horrible. Everything's bad. <laughs> I don't want to come back. And then God starts saying, hey, hey, hold on. You know what I mean? Hold uh, on. Uh, uh, and and uh-huh. what you find is you find yourself uncomfortable, not in a bad way, but it's 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 the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean, working mm-hmm. inside of you mm-hmm. trying to say, okay, now here, here's the deal. You know what I mean? You, you didn't go to prison just, just, just because you did some dumb things. I put you here to train you and to grow you, right? It, and it's it's the sovereignty. It's the ordering right. the steps. It's the... And and so like Randy, he was like, man, and we talked. He's like, yeah, I'm going back to prison. I'll teach Tumi on the outside. I'll you know because he's a Tumi oh, graduate yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. And he said, ah. And so today he looked at me and he's like, look, man, I, you know, I got another six months. I'm gonna get my badge. I'm going back. You know what I mean? And, and he's yeah. one. Of, he's one of the guys that we planted the church in Hutch with. And so uh-huh, he's uh-huh. he's Tumi trained. He's he, I mean he's well equipped. He's he's helped plant. You know what I mean? He's and and, and that's the deal. Is 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 God says, hey man. I've called you to this, and and it doesn't happen with a lot of us. A lot of us, you know, can settle in, and but but for me, it was like I'm, I'm watching these dudes just just 
kill themselves and die or, or just come out and end up, you know what I mean? And it's like, man, yeah. something's got to be Something's got to be done. Right. We, we just, we just got to do something. Weren't, weren't you just on the news recently talking about this? Wasn't there a story done yeah, on so, you or something like that? So Tell me about that. Topeka, so it's crazy, right? Topeka Capital Journal did an article on, so we did this thing. I got to meet the governor that day. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool, but, yeah. But I did a thing about how, how you know, as a community, we can all work together to do these things. And and it's, it's, it's me doing what I do well, but you doing what you do well. It's just we're doing it together, you know what I mean, to help whoever that is, Joe, Nancy, I mean, whoever. Mm-hmm. And, and so, that's, so they did the whole article on the housing piece and this and, and what it looks like and how, and how there was another organization that tried to come in and, and basically they shut them down. And then, but they, they had pretty open arms with us. And, you know, it was, it was, huh. was kind of neat yeah. because I, I, got, so I got to talk to the, the sheriff, the chief of police, or um, let me see, Vallejo. Uh, I mean, just a whole bunch of organizations, right? About yeah. about how that collective impact is is far better than me just trying to do everything because it's impossible for me to do what I'm trying right. to do by myself. Yeah. And so, so it was. God's really put. I mean, He's just opened a lot of doors where where I have had a neat opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, man. Like I, I just hearing your story and then seeing the trajectory of your life and the path that God has taken you down. And man, it's like when he wants something done, he's going to do it and he's going to open the doors and he's going to connect, connect you with the organizations and he's going to make the right connection. He's going to open the right doors for you and close the wrong doors for others and, and have you doing exactly what you need to be doing. That's the deal. So, so tell me a little bit about, uh, you, you messaged me a couple of days ago, you're like, Hey, I want to do this thing. Tell me about what, what you want to do to help uh, people reintegrate. Right. Like yep. it's a kind of a, not so, like a job fair, but no, it's like, it's like a, it's like a resource hub. It's like a resource. Yeah, hub. That's the one, so, yeah. so we, we call it the reentry hub and, and what we, re-entry and, hub, yeah, okay. and that's what I want to talk to that. And you know, that's why I'd reached out and said, Hey, yeah. cause, because here's the thing. We don't lose men and women at the job. We don't lose them in the car. You know what I mean? We don't, we lose them going from one place to the other to try to get resources and navigate what it takes. And so here's an example. Let's say somebody has to register in Kansas. Cause if you're, if you, if you drug, if you get drug charges, if you're violent or if you're a sexual offender, you have to register with the, with the sheriff's office. Right. So, so let's say that somebody has got a drug problem and they got to register. So now, when, instead of just getting out and going to the parole office, doing the you know the indoctrination, the this, and, and then moving on, they have to go to the sheriff's office and register. Then they got to go to the parole office and check in with their PO. And and let's say maybe it's late on a Friday, right? So the PO's you know gone at noon or or something. And so now they got to wait till Monday or Tuesday. And so now they've got this whole weekend of unaccountability. And and so then they go see their PO. Well, their PO also says, hey, you got to take these classes. And so now they're, you see what I'm saying? And, and So talk about that because I'm typing this out. Maybe talk about how it, that's just, it's a highly unrealistic expectation. It is. And so where's that coming from? Corrections, government? No, like so, what? so here's the deal, right? And, and I'll tell you this, the Department of Corrections for Kansas has done a phenomenal job of trying to, to help, you know what I mean? Change, yeah. change really how we do corrections and right. and yeah and so there's a lady named gloria guyther and she helped develop the mentoring for success program and she is i mean she's a rock star she's worked yeah. for like 30 years and she is all about proper case management and change and growth yeah. and and yeah. so it what what's happened though is 
you know, all the way back in the 70s, you start the war on crime and the war on poverty and the war on drugs and all, you know what I mean? All this. Right, yeah. And so we've, we have crammed people into facilities. And so, you know, as time goes on, if, if you don't fix the problem, it just gets worse. You can't mm-hmm. cover right. a symptom. And so that's what's happened. And so now everything's gotten so stringent that, yep. that you have to do this over here and do this. So, and, and, and then so while that's getting worse, money and funding is leaking out the back. Mm-hmm, and, and so mm-hmm. so it's made it to where you, you can't really do it easily. Right. So with all this this list of things that you have to do to register and check in here and go there and do all that, I mean, that requires transportation. Not a lot of these guys yep. have. I mean, it's nope. not like, hey, I'm fresh out of prison and I got a sick whip. You know no, what I'm saying? No, like, I've, got, I've got 10 grand in fines. You know what I mean? I've got yep. no car. Uh, uh-huh. I've, I've got no bus pass. Or, or hey, I'm in a new city. I don't even know where the bus goes. Yeah. I don't even know. You I know mean, what they, I mean? come, they come out in the negative, right? Yep. They're trying to dig themselves out of another hole, no, right? That, so my old pastor, he was my mentor in prison. His name's Doug Ball. He goes, he goes, you're coming out of prison with two strikes on your head. He says, right. I'm, I'm just being honest with you, yeah. right? It's, and that's not what you've done. That's just how it is, right? Yeah. So I've always lived like like in the video games, how there's, you know, some strikes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I always think of I've got two strikes. <laughs> and so that means I only got one chance, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to, to really mm-hmm. do or accomplish what I'm trying right. to accomplish. So... You're trying to get a bunch of these organizations in one room yep. during one time during a month yep. and run these guys through this so they can knock it all out in yep. one shot. To where to where they can come in, we can sit down, we can spend an hour with them coaching, you know, what are you doing? Where's your plan? Let help build the plan with them and then start plugging them in to re- so okay, so so you guys offer bus passes. Well, so you know, and then his helping hands, maybe we could talk with Paul, you know what I mean? And all right. these organizations and rather than trying to send them on a wild maze through the sure. city, yeah. man, they just come to one just spot, one yep. spot resource one, hub. And, and then I love it. And then track them. Right. And so, so build a case, build a folder and then walk with them, walk with them as yeah. they go. And, and so here, here's the beauty, right? There's a woman named Desiree Moniz and she runs Avenue of life in Kansas city. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because, and it's where my wife works. But okay. what she does is, is she is the backbone agency for for families in in Wyandotte County, I mean, you know what I mean, the, the poorest county in the whole state, mm. and she has helped drop homelessness among the youth by forty percent by wow. just providing what they call Impact Wednesday, and so all these organizations get together, and she walks them through what they need, how you, you know what I mean, ESL, because you know, in, in down in Wyandotte, you got a bunch of families that don't speak real well English, or or, or they're they're not citizens, or you have families that are you know Haitian, or or that that just need help. They just they just need loved on, and and because the worst part is these kids don't don't have anything, and so she's made it to where these families can come in, the parents can get a GED, they can help find a job, mm-hmm. they can get housing voucher. You don't and and. And, I mean, you and just, this is all nonprofit organizations, all, right? Yep, and state agencies. They got DCF. Oh, they that got comes state in. Oh, agencies to do it. It's powerful, and and, yep. and and that's what I'm saying is is it inspired me because we have the same problem with recidivism. You know what I mean? And 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 if you look, the majority of the homeless problem, uh, a lot of them are 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 felons. A lot of them have have right. charges. You know, and, and even though mental health is is a big issue, there there's a criminal piece to it that that is the constant thread. So why not? replicate that to help help them be successful when they get out. And so there's nothing like that happening in Wichita right now? I, I don't Not think so. Not that you know of? Nope. Interesting. And so you have the opportunity to go ahead and make that happen. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> and, and that, like I told you, right, yeah. it's, it's that one, one, one shot deal. And right. so, so I, I, you know, I, I watched what she did and, and I just, and I've talked to her, me and, me and Desiree are good friends. And, and I said, look, man, I, th- this is important. I think that this is the path to help 
reentry be really successful reentry, right? Yeah. Because reentry is not just everybody likes to say, here's a house to live, here's a job, and here's a car, right? Or right. or here's people don't people don't wreck on those things. They mm-hmm. they wreck on yeah. the emotional stuff or the right. relationship right. or the you know, yeah. and, and so if you can cut the majority of that out just for the first six months to a year and, and help, you mm-hmm. know, with the tracking and the yeah, th- then you're going to cut out deal. half the problem. You know, you made me think of something. I heard somebody say one time when, when we label people on the streets as homeless, we've assumed the solution to their problem. Right. Oh, they just need yeah. a home. Oh, just They'll need a home. Fine. Oh, no. Let's talk about addiction. Yep. Let's talk about abandonment, yep. abuse. I mean, mental health. All that stuff plays a role. And so you can't just put them in a tiny home and think they're going to be okay. No, because most of them don't know how to live. Most of them don't. You know what I mean? The social constructs that that we've learned to live in, Mm -hmm. there's not a concept there for that. And and so it's it's like, here, let me throw these resources at you, right? Because because we want to help. And and, and a lot of it's honest help. But but it's... There needs to be somebody that says, this is how you live. This is how you walk mm-hmm. this out, man. I'm here yeah. for you. You know what I mean? This is the phone number you call when you're, when you're losing it at right. 10 o'clock at night. You know, let's, let's, let's work this out. Yeah. Man, that's, that's so challenging, bro. Like, for real, it's, a mess. it's so challenging. Well, I just mean, like, challenging personally and yeah. just even spiritually as, as the body of Christ. Like, seriously, how, how much have we committed ourselves to walking with people through those kinds of processes? You know, i just be honest. Like... I've got some f- close friends who've been going through some really uh, life-changing, traumatic, negative experiences, right. and man, it's so hard to even know what to do for people sometimes no, because you know because the answers just aren't there. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. get to just be like, "Hey, man, I think you just right. need, you just man, you just got to sometimes just sit and shut up and be like, yeah. I don't even know what to well, tell you. Well, I just love you." Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. There, I, mean? I mean, there's there's value to to relation. There's value to presence. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And man, that just it's like <laughs> if you've ever. Uh, I don't know how charismatic or Holy Spirit, you know, guy you right. are, but if you've ever just sat in the presence of the Lord, like you don't have to say nothing, no. you don't have to hear nothing. You're just there, and it's just like, oh man, this is right where I need to be. Yep. And, and you can you can feel it in your chest yeah, and your eyes right. well up. You know what I mean? But that's, <laughs> yeah. and and that is that's 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 abiding in the Spirit of God, right? But and it's just being in the presence, and sometimes just being in being with people goes yep. a long way, but also really challenging. What does Jesus say? Um, you know, what good does it do if you tell a man, go and be well, and then you don't give him anything to eat yep. or, you know, you don't put any clothes on his body? Yep. So there's, there's, uh, yeah, I think Jesus is saying, look, you can, you can have good intentions, but there has to be maybe some sort of practical application behind that. And so I, that's where I'm, I'm challenged. Just like, you know, well, we have a church service that people can walk into. So, you know, yeah, send the prison guys, like they right. can come to our service, but what about what's the next practical thing that you well, that's going to be? be and there what for are you me? outfitting them to do? Right? What 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 is where is the? And I get it, but but where's the help? Where's the success? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, and look, yeah, they, they need a little extra than than most right. people, but but there's a lot of people that sure. need extra than most people. Yeah. You know, the, the yeah. difference is is their mask has been mm-hmm. ripped off, and and unfortunately, in, out in the real world. You don't get the chance. You know what I mean. You keep yeah. the mask on, and so so I'll tell you that's the biggest difference, right? Is is watching men worship Christ inside of the prison mm-hmm. is is untouchable. I've 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 never experienced that. It's like on all the they street. have because that's it, right? So so they they are they are number one hundred six three five two or you know what I mean. Wow. And, and 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 let's say he is a sex you know has a sex case. So let's say. Nobody talks to him. He's got no family, right? He's 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 had everything stripped. 
except one thing, and that's the Spirit of God, and that's Jesus Christ. And yeah. so when you when you get a whole collective of that in one room, it's it's yeah, it's on t- because I, it's I pure. Can't imagine. You know what I mean? It's pure worship. <clears throat> it's it's not it's not yeah. me with my sin. Well, I'm hiding, and you know it, it's it's. Well, amazing. I mean, are they thinking about dropping the kids off later, or the baseball practice they got to get to, or they got to go buy groceries, no. or clean the living room, or mow the lawn? Then no, you it's, know? it's all thank you. <laughs> you, you know, know what, what I'm mean? saying? Yeah, it's it's just pure and yeah. it's beautiful. I was going to say, you know, that's the beauty of the the body of Christ is that, you know, we've met, you've mentioned multiple organizations. Um, and, you know, I just, I think of even World Impact and I think of Toomey and, yep. and I think of Second Chance Ministries and, and just all these, yeah, DCF and, and just all of these different ministries here in the city who are, um, who are available um, to work together because, you know, we're saying, well, what are we doing? You know, what's that next step? Well, it doesn't mean that you have to create every ministry that's needed for nope. prison reintegration within your church body, but there's something to be said about partnership. That's the deal. Right? Because because you can come so you can come do what you do well and and, and then I could do what I do well. Because right. because you know, and, and I've always heard it like this. If if you have a team of people and you may be able to do something at fifty percent, but John over here can do it at ninety, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why why are you going to do that and what you can do when John can do his at ninety and you can kill what you what you're good at, and and, right. then, and then you actually are effective? Yeah, just well, yeah, working according to your strengths yep. and your gifting. I mean, same thing with the body of Christ. Yep. Like you work in your gifting, you work in yours. Yep. So let's not try and make people do something they're they're not. Right, you know, able to do, and that's why you know I I appreciate your story, and um, you're I mean you're called to that ministry. Yep. I mean the Lord is He's made you for this, He's brought you to it, um, but not everybody's called to prison ministry, nope, not at all, right? But we I think we are called as the body to support and pray for, and and so I mean even just sitting here and talking to you, like I've we've crossed paths right. in the in the past, and I kind of knew some of the stuff that you were doing, um, but it's really encouraging to to hear everything that you're doing because now I, I know like, you know, Hey, if someone ever asked me about this, this right. I can be him. You got to hit up Matt Thomas, man. Right. He's a guy you got to go to. And that's the power of um, relationship yep. and conversation and just making people uh, aware of the things that God has done in your life and what he has you doing right now, you know? So good stuff, man. Man, I appreciate this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I was necessarily ready to shut it down, but if no, uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I'm, I just, I really do. I appreciate this, man. Cause, yeah, cause for sure. It, it's, it's not just my story, right? But it's, it's, it's my buddy Will, Will Stevens' story. It's, it's, it's my buddy William Humphrey, Tyler. Lee. You know what I mean? These are all guys that, that, yeah. that are out and, and just killing it right now. I mean, right. absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. Some of them are active in our ministry. Some of them are, are restored with their wives and their key. You know what I mean? And, and that's. And that's the story. That's that's sure. the bare bones of Jesus Christ. Right, right. So I, w- I want to do something. You gave me four books. Yeah. I actually think I have your uh, Kindle version. Yeah. I think I've got that on my phone. Um, so I'm going to give these away. Uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going to give two um, from Facebook, and and then I'm going to give two to uh, to people who listen to the podcast. So here's how we're going to do this. One of the first times I'm giving stuff away, but uh, if you are um, watching on Facebook right now and you want one of these books, I'm going to give two away. So for the first two people to hit me up um, to direct message me either to my Facebook, Jason Villanueva, or to the Salty Dogs podcast, uh, just message me the Overlooked, and the first two people who uh, get into that message are going to get the book. And we'll mail that to you wherever you're at. 
And then uh, the other two that I'm going to give away are going to be for those who are listening to this podcast right now. And so if you're listening and you want the Overlooked book by Matt Thomas, uh, we'll mail it to you. Shoot me an email at saltydogspodcast at gmail.com and just uh, put in the subject, The Overlooked, and then we'll go back and forth and we'll make sure that you get this book. And so I appreciate you bringing these in, man. No, that's cool. Powerful stuff. So tell me... um, it what's the journey here? You kind of tell, you've told your story. Yep. Where does this end up? What's so, your like CTA, your call to action? So to I'm, I'm going to tell you, and this is, this is how the book was split is, is it's three parts. Mm-hmm. The first part. And so there's a lot of people that write a lot of books about themselves. You know what I mean? And, and I, I didn't want to be that guy because I, I don't want it to ever be Matt Thomas. I, I want it to be firm foundations or brothers in blue or, you know what I mean? Or yeah. CTV. I, I don't, I, and, 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 and that's part of, you know, and so I wrote the book. And so my story is really just the first part. Okay. And then what it gets into the second part is the fact that of what's really in the prison and who's really in the prison and the potential and the growth and, and wow. the leaders and the, yeah. I mean, just, you know, the families and the fact that, 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 and you've seen it on Facebook or any of the news channels or anything, how, how when somebody gets in trouble, right, all of a sudden it's convicted felon, such and such did such and such that, and, and, and we don't even know if it was all the way, but but it's the portrayal for the ratings, right? And so uh-huh. so what happens is the media shifts, and and so it, it's thought like everybody that's in prison is is waiting, you know, to chase your kids down with a van and 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 or or rob your house, and and, and right. that's just not the truth. The the truth is the majority of the prison is filled with with men and women who who did some really dumb things, right? But but also men and women who were raised to do those things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you are told from a young age that, that don't ever trust the police, don't trust the government, you know what I mean? You got to get yours, get that money. You, you know what I mean? You got to provide for it. And, and, and you, you are, you are indoctrinated into that lifestyle. You're going to live that lifestyle. Yeah. And, and, and so, so you really got to look. And so, you know, I talk about the fact that, that there's, there's men and women, there's, I've told a lot of people stories and I changed their name, right? It's the first time I've ever done something goofy, right? Like I've changed the name to protect, but <laughs> yeah, happens all the time. You don't, hey, yeah. but, but I did because, cause they're real honest stories. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I want people to understand that, that these aren't just, just reprobate, you know, convicts that are, man, that is life. And, and mm-hmm. that is, that is life abundantly. God, God has spoken into these men to be successful and, and, and man, we need to give them a shot. We need to, right. we need, you know, and so I was trying to get rid of the stigma attached that, you know, cause everybody I talk to that tours through the prison that, that comes in with, with me or CJ or, or some of the people that I work with, they're like, that's not as bad as I thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and that's, I mean, and, and they do it real whispery, right? Cause uh-huh. they're like, they, you know, they were expecting like a riot going off on the sure, left. You know, and, yeah. and, and it's, it's just not like that. Yeah. Right. There's, there's dangerous things and uh-huh. there's bad things that happen. But, yeah. but the fact is, 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 is they're just, there's somebody's kids and there's somebody's parents, you know? Right. I mean? and, and when it comes down to it, it's, it's, it's decisions that they got caught for that I got caught for that I know a lot of people that have that have driven drunk and ran over stuff that have stolen you know what I mean I, and haven't gotten caught haven't gotten caught right or or they had enough money to get a good lawyer and to not spend any time right. in prison and, yeah. and, and I mean and, you know and, and it's not being it's just yeah. it's factual there's definitely a couple things in my past that had had I gotten caught I'd I'd be in prison that I it, mean I hands down so so I, I left the base so drunk one day it was my birthday right I, I drove off base and drove home and and i like i drank like a half of a of a half gallon of, of jim beam right and uh-huh. just trashed and right. and so, so 
I should have gone to jail. I should have gone. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was a long. I mean, there's there's things that oh, yeah. that we all do. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's there's guys that have sex cases that slept when they were 18, slept with a girl that was 17 or 16, or 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 you know, and uh-huh. and, and even when when the girl was in the wrong place and and he was in the wrong place and and where they were. I mean, they were both. I'm not I'm not justifying it, but. Sure. But these are guys that have to spend the rest of their life registering as a sex offender and, and wear an ankle monitor for something they did when they were 17, 18 17, years old. That's yeah. that's and, and so yeah. to me, you know what I mean? It's 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 understanding what's really inside of the prison mm-hmm. is the only way that you'll be able to and the fact that if if you don't change, right? And so here's here's just facts. If you don't change these men and women, they're gonna come out worse than they went in. And and because it's a predatory environment, right? Because you got a bunch of kids in there that are scared and and acting, and and, and so what do you do? Hurt people, hurt people, right? And, and so right. that just it keeps. And so what I wanted to try to tell people is, hey, if you really want to see a lower recidivism rate, you want to see cheaper taxes, you want to see better neighborhoods, you want to see families restored, you want to see kids out of the foster system, you want to see the criminal justice system reformed, then you have to actively pour in to these men and women. Or it doesn't happen. The mm-hmm. the state can't afford to do that. You know what I mean? They're they're running on fumes right now, and and, and it's and they're trying their best, but but uh, that's not their job. That's our job. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, we, right. we need to be doing that. That's to me that that's just a big deal. And so so even though prison ministry is my my what it's my right it's my heart, it doesn't mean I don't stop and help feed somebody. You know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. mean I don't. And, and so it's like what you said, not everybody's called to prison ministry, but there's a lot of overcrossing areas that, sure. that, that, you know, whether you're a business owner or a church leader or, or there's all these things that we could honestly work together on that, that would forever. And so that's what I spent the whole middle part of the book is saying, Hey, this is who and what and how, and, and, and this is why we should, you know, and this is who are the, the people that are in there. And then I told a bunch of stories and, and there's, I mean, there, there's some pretty sad spots in there, right? Because yeah. even my story, man, you, it's funny. You can tell your story. It's a whole nother thing, right? When you have to type have to it, type it out. Yeah. It, it, and, and so, so, you know, I, I've, 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 it's come in Lansing. And so a lot of these guys are guys that I've walked with in Lansing up in, up in the max penitentiary. And, and they've read their own story in my book. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. As, but of course, with a different name. Sure. But they know. They you know, know. Yeah. And, and the beauty is, though, is 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 it's it's like it's that ancient thing of you know telling somebody's story, the tradition, like the old Jewish. You know what I mean? The old the old Hebrews talking about you know my ancestors, and and, and so it's a beautiful thing, and, and it blesses them. But but what what happens is 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 they they feel helpless, they feel lost, and and so my whole goal was to say, hey. Man, you you could really empower these people's life just with just with a little bit of time, and then and then the last part of the book is the practical way to plant a church inside of the prison. Okay, good. So you give the practical. I mean, like I mean, here's how you do it down down to details of this is how you talk to the chaplain, this is how you talk to the administration, this is how you respect other people with the callouts, this is how you do. And and what I used was the the plant acronym that World Impact uses for for their church planning model. Okay, and I just shifted everything to what we did when we planted the two churches in Hutch and then and then the few that we did up in Lansing. Yep. So you've planted multiple churches yes. and prisons. Yes. Yeah. With a great team though. You know yeah, what I mean? I, of course. I, yeah. 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 I wanna I wanna say something just because I, I thought about this. You know, I I preached a message one time at a church on the street. Yep. 
So you know those guys. Yep. They do homeless ministry here in, the, in Wichita. Uh, Pocky, awesome guy. He he actually lives in our backyard. I don't know if you knew that. No. Wait. So I know a guy that used to work for Pocky. I just ran into him in Norton that's coming out soon that used to, I guess, used to cook in a restaurant with him. Okay. And talked about what a great guy Pocky was. Yeah. It was it, it was cool. Yeah, Pocky's a cool dude. He was on uh, in season one. I think we had him on twice. But, yeah, so anyways, Pocky, great guy. I was out at church on the street, and I, I preached this message, and it just, I mean, it, it obviously applies um, to um, those that are in prison, but the overlooked. And so, you know, Jesus, the disciples that he chose were the overlooked Jews. Yep. I mean, they were. So all of the other rabbis, all the Pharisees, um, all those guys, they would have already um, they would have already chosen their disciples and they would have chosen yep. them at an earlier age, age right around the age where. Um, you know, they come into manage so they would yep. have their bar mitzvah or whatever yep. it is, you know, by the age of 12 or 13. And, you know, they've already uh, memorized a bunch of the Torah yep. and they've already gone. And so they get to a certain point to where they're either, you know, oh, you just go ahead and go into society or, hey, come and be we're a blind disciple. You in and you're, yep. Right. And you're, we're going to, you know, come into this religious organization. And so Jesus, when he went and chose his disciples, he wasn't choosing, um, like the Pharisees nope. would choose, nope. he chose the rejects. Right. He chose the overlooked. They'd already, you know, as it's kind of like playing a game of kickball, right? And it's just like you're the last kid standing, and it's just like, well, I guess I'll take you. Yeah. It, right. And then Jesus, on the other hand, is like, you, you, with right. the glasses and the broken arm, you right. know what I mean, and, and yeah. the crutch. I'm, I'm gonna take <laughs> exactly. you first. Yeah. So he had already he he went and chose like here comes this rabbi walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he calls um, these guys who are fishermen to come follow him. And, they see that he's a rabbi and they're just like, wait a second. What? Yep. Like I thought I already been overlooked. Yep. Like I, I thought I missed my turn. Yep. And then he gets these crazy guy like Peter chopping people's ears off and, you know, totally missing, I love that dude. totally missing it. <laughs> right. Uh, but then using him, right. Yep. And just in, in an amazing way. Uh, and, you know, all throughout the scriptures and in acts, we see, you know, good things happening. And, and then of course, Paul has to like rebuke Peter because he's, you know, because he's, he's Peter. Yeah, you know because I mean? he's Peter, right? Yeah. So, but still, you know, and he's still got two books in the Bible. Like, yep. come on, right? Yep. So, it's just really interesting the correlation there. It's just like, you know, the people who we think that aren't aren't the ones that are, you know, are going to make an impact or build the kingdom or be able to yep. do X, Y, and Z or whatever it is, right? It's like, you know, when when I got into ministry and then I became a pastor, and that's in air quotes. Um, pastor. Yeah, pastor and. Um, you know, you start to look for leadership potential within your congregation. And you, I mean, honestly, you'd sit down and you'd have meetings and you'd say, yep. okay, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? And there was always a reason to not look at so-and-so. And I remember one day saying, you know what, if we held these people to the standard of ministry or to the standard that God held me to when I entered into ministry, nobody would be in ministry, yep. right? Like Paul says, you know, don't forget who you were and where you were when you were called. Yep. And so it's just like, you know, I'm looking at people and I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you really knew what was going on, my going on in my life, when I said yes to the call, like nobody's qualified. Right. You know what I'm saying? You, you like, weren't sitting there ready to go with your diploma ready. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? Just like, I, I, gee, I wish I'd get the phone call for ministry. Yep, you know, yep. it's just like, yeah, I'm sitting there thinking like, Oh God, what have I done with my life? And like, can you still use me? Did I miss my call? Can I still make an impact? Who's going to hire me? Who's going to give yep. me the opportunity to preach and lead and to, you know, and yeah, if I was, yeah, it just, 
I got a really great opportunity, and I knew it's because the Lord was just like you, you know. So, so I'll tell into you this. the kingdom. So when they, I, I would listen to like like Matthew Penner and, and Darren and some of the guys talk about church planning, right? And it was like, man, there is no way in heck I am going to be a church planner. That's like that was so foreign to me, <laughs> right? That that even being a pastor, even it was it was. It was just foreign, right? Like I'd go in and preach to the guys, but but that wasn't wasn't pastoring. I wasn't, and, right. and, and what ended up happening was, and it was funny, right? Randy called his wife to call my wife to call me, right? One day I'm working, and she's like, "Hey, uh, Randy inside was was wondering if you want to be a pastor, right?" And I'm like, "No," <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, "I was like, no," and and I'm not a pastor. And so, what ended up happening was was I I sought counsel from a group of people. I talked. Uh, I prayed. I talked. Of course, talked to my wife, right? Because my wife's my my good barometer for what I and yeah, for sure. And then and then I still said no because it was like I, w- I was scared. I, I yeah. could never see myself Can as a see pastor that way. Yeah. And so here's what happened. I talked with Ryan Carter one day, and he was actually it was funny. He was doing the first evangel school, and and we were just I have these hall I have these hallway conversations in World Impact that are like monumental in my uh-huh. life. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's never the main thing. It's it's right. just in the hallway. Uh-huh. And he said he goes Matt. He goes, you know, I get up, I speak. He goes, sometimes I don't even remember what I say. He mm-hmm. says, but then somebody inevitably says, that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Right. right. And, yeah. and he said, I don't know what the heck I'm doing half the time. He said, but I know I'm supposed to be here. Right. And, 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 and he says, look, usually I wouldn't say this. He says, but you need to do this. You, you, you need to do this. Right. And, and so, and, and Ryan, I mean, if you ever spend any time with Ryan, he's real easy going and he talks and he's, he's really good at teaching, but, and, and it just changed my life. And so I took that, I took that one step, right. He was like, just take that first step, just yeah. take the first step. Yeah. And so I took it and then we planted two churches simultaneously in two different prison yards on, on the same compound in Hutch. And then a year later I get the call to brothers in blue and, and slide in right at the time they're talking about planting these other churches. Right. So then I helped plant three more and then one more after that on the outside, which, which we're going to replant here. But, but it was just crazy. And and it was, you know, and it was all because it was all because mm-hmm. of that nudge right? and somebody saying just like Jesus did, Hey, yeah, I see you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yep. But, yep. but, but I know you're going to do this. So, right. so let's go. Yeah, for sure. And you just think about the contrast, right? Like if you're the, um, you know, if you're the guy on the boat with a net and you're just doing your thing and you're just living life and then you look over and, I don't know, you know, maybe the, the high priest is right. passing by and, you know, with, with you're like, <gasps> yeah, you're just yeah. like, Oh, and then you just look and you're just like, yeah. I mean, as if that were something to be desired, but just but it, you know, it resonates though. Right. You're, you're people, like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And people, you know, I, I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I used to sit in the pews, man. And, and I would uh, see the guys on stage and I would aspire yeah. to be impactful. And like, I used to think, man, if I could just be there, like, look at these guys yeah. preaching to all these people that's and all doing this yeah. thing. Yeah, that's all I need. And then, you know, you get an opportunity and you're just kind of like, man, I'm just, I'm still a person, yep. you know, but I think a lot of times we, you know, we glamorize the pulpit or we glamorize right. le- positions of leadership and different titles and that kind of thing. But man, the truth is like, all these people are just people, yep. you know, and just people like you and me. And they, they said yes to the Lord and they're doing the yep. best they know how. And they're, That's it. they're trying to follow. And, you know, for some, they, they get a big following and some don't, but yep. everybody's making an impact the way that they need to be making yep. an impact. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, if you're preaching in the prisons, like, I don't know if you're recording that stuff. Like, I think it's rare that, 
you know, the majority of uh, Christian America is ever going to hear that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's impactful to them, yeah. you know? And so, man, it's been awesome stuff. Uh, let's, let's take a real quick moment and uh, take a look at some comments here from Facebook. And so uh, Christy says, we were talking about this at work today. Our prison system is set up for failure, not change. Um, yeah, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, Barbara says, childhood trauma, common trait in addiction and, and incarceration. That's true. That's definitely true. You never know what people have gone through, man. And and honestly, like going through some some rehab stuff myself and going through some counseling, like it, one of the main things they do is they take you back to some of that childhood yep. traumatic stuff. Like I had to fill out this workbook and, and they were saying, you know, think about people who've, who've hurt you. And I mean, there's like some guy in, in college that I could think of that I like still harbor anger to, you yep. know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, as soon as you think about him, it, it pulls yeah, it up. And you're, it like, pulls oh. it up. you're like, I probably, probably all uh, deal with that. Christy says, God's good. Amazing testimony, sir. I pray God keeps blessing and using you to reach out and share your testimony to hope to so many hurt and lost men Amen. who need to know they can start over. Amen. And then Corey Howard says, uh, it's absolutely crazy how far the Lord can really take people. Awesome testimony, Matt. Well, we all go through something, but it makes us who the Lord wants us to be if we allow it like you Amen. did. Yeah. And Chris, one of our hosts, he's not here, but he says, what's up fellas. And so what's up, Chris? What we, up, Chris? we miss you being here, man. But yeah, it's been a good time. Is Do you have any kind of uh, closing thoughts or anything you want to say to people? Well, I would say this. Uh, the funny thing about incarceration is everybody knows somebody, for who, sure, who's who's incarcerated. Definitely, you know what I mean? And, definitely. And so, so, so I heard I heard the statistics the other day, and it was like one out of every hundred and ten person in the in the United States is is somewhere in the justice system, right? And so, I mean, that's one out of how many? One out of like a hundred and ten. Okay. And 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 I, you know, I mean that that's kind of set you back on your heels, right? Because because yeah. we're talking about people call small churches. You know, about 100, 110 people. And, and so really out of one of those, there's always somebody that's that's somewhere in the system. And so wow. yeah. so what I would say is, is, you know, we can work together to change this. We, we, we can't depend on, on people that don't really understand or care to change the system. Right. But, but we can. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's, and, and coupled with some of those people and coupled with some other resources, and, and that, that as Christians— you know, let's take some time to work together to help these men and women be successful, not only in prison, but when they get out so that kids do have a home and, and, and families do get restored and, and and we can cut some of this out. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I definitely want people to know where to find you online, like you guys on Facebook or do you have a website? Yep. So so Facebook, Matt Thomas, uh, okay. Facebook page, Firm Foundations Ministries. Uh, you can also, you know, Brothers in Blue Reentry and... You know, I'm I'm, at, I'm working the Lansing prison when I'm inside the prison, and so I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Or you could just track my wife Christina Thomas down. <laughs> By the way, hi honey, I saw the hi. Hi honey. Uh, so you guys, Firm Foundations, do you have a website? Yep. What it's, is it? It's firmfoundationsministries.org, Foundations. and and it's it's being fixed right now, like literally right now. So it's not live. It, it should be Firm live. The old one, the old ministries. one's live. They're updating oh, okay. the whole deal. Yeah, and is this somewhere where people can give money? Do you guys yeah, need money? Yeah, so there's a PayPal. We we definitely need money. <laughs> Absolutely need money. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, so I'm not afraid to ask for money for you. Uh, so, man, if you guys uh, were moved or any part of you just kind of leapt, you know, this this guy's in it. Matt's in the prisons. Uh, he's 
He's working with guys who uh, need discipleship and mentorship. He's working with guys as they're getting out. Yep. And I know, um, you know, it takes money to do these things. And so you can go to firmfoundationsministries.org. Yep. And right now on this current site, just scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a big red button that says Donate. And so if you guys want to uh, kick some funds his way, that'd be amazing. Obviously, give with a cheerful heart. And, uh, and yeah, reach out, man. If you if you guys want to connect uh, with Matt somehow, you can email us or do whatever you need to do, and we can make the connections. It's all about partnership yep. and, and networking and knowing people. So good stuff. All right. Thank you, brother. Man, I'd super appreciate it. Definitely remember if, uh, if you guys got this far into the podcast and uh, – yeah, hopefully these books are gone by the time <laughs> you listen, because that'll mean other people have already listened and got them, but um, you can uh, get these books. So I've got two The Overlooked books by Matt Thomas to go to those watching on Facebook Live. Send us a DM into our uh, Facebook page and just say The Overlooked, and then we'll go back and forth on how to get this out to you. And then again, if you're listening to the podcast, send us an email, Salty Dogs podcast at gmail.com and then uh, put in the email that overlooked and we'll make sure you get this book so again thanks for donating this to us and uh man i appreciate it all you salty dogs listeners we always appreciate uh, what you do for us um if you haven't left a rating or review on itunes or apple podcast please go and do that it helps us get the uh information about the podcast out more follow us on facebook we also have a facebook group and so search Salty Dogs Podcast Group in your Facebook search bar and join the uh, conversation. We're always uh, asking questions, going back and forth to conversation. Uh, we've gotten to where we're posting some pretty funny memes these days. And so, stuff. <laughs> you know, some good Christ- Christian memeage going on. Uh, check us out on SaltyDogsPodcast.com. And as always, Patreon.com slash SaltyDogsPodcast. And so appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.